The Rock and Roll Coffee Show is brought to you by Writers and Rockers Coffee Company, keeping the music and memories alive with some damn good coffee. Be sure to pick up your Rock and Roll Coffee Show coffee only at writersandrockerscoffee.com. And also brought to you by Retroactive, located at Broadway at the Beach in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, keeping you retro with everything from 70s, 80s, and 90s. Shopretroactive.com. You have Blackbird Angels coming out with a new record, okay, called yes. uh, Soul, Soul Sorte, is that it? I think it's Soul Sort, but I'm not really sure. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a Danish word for Blackbird. Blackbird, Just, yeah. Dr- Tracy was living in Denmark, um, and he has been for several years. Um, I mean, he bounces back between there and L.A., and he just sort of uh, threw that at me, and I was like, I like it. I like it. It's, it's enough of a sort of... Um, uh, you know, it's a, it's an interesting kind of word where you're like, well, we're talking about it now. So right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Well, well we're going to talk about that. I want to talk about that. But first, I wanted to talk to you about um, some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> OK, <Which laughs> this I'm is the rock and roll right and coffee now. show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mine as well. Writers and rockers. Mm. Um, I have. Aren't they, aren't they the best? They're the best. People, your bags. Oh, cool. Cool. And this one. <laughs> you got the Christmas one. Christmas I do blend. have that here. There's um, an Italian blend we did for um, some of the Italian touring I've been doing lately, right? Which I'm sure pales in comparison to real Italian Italian coffee, but it's actually quite delicious. Yeah. One thing um, I'm not sure that you're aware of, um, but we are coffee label mates. You and okay, I. which so, one is yours? I don't know where know. it is. Welcome to my world. It's like <laughs> I should have everything at hand. I'm like it's just a big old. It's right here. Massive. Rock and roll and coffee show. Oh, of course. I've seen that. Definitely. Yes. I probably have it in the house because they, of course, you know, they'll hook you up with some uh, with uh, different samples. Yeah. No, yeah. that's that, that, that. If I remember correctly, that's good stuff. They, they do such great work with that with that company. I mean, it's it's such a fun thing. Uh, the fact that people like these friends of ours are like their their parents are Russian immigrants and they just. And for whatever reason, they just love your coffee. We keep having to order your coffee. I go, oh, well, that's great. I, go, yeah, I had no intention of, I always tell my wife, I go, I really had no intention of being a t-shirt salesman or, you know, any of that stuff. But of course, growing up a Kiss fan, you knew that, you know, you sort of get involved in all these other other things and it, it sort of makes it fun. So, and being a guy who loves coffee like I am, as I'm sure you do as well. Exactly. clearly by the name of the show so it's sort of one of those things where you go um you know you you can't help it like when someone presents you with this kind of thing you're like well sure let's 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 go down that rabbit hole together and uh, it's been yeah. a lot of fun yeah yeah it is yeah. fun it is fun and your coffee's great um my coffee's great i've had people tell me that that have bought writers and rockers rock and roll and coffee show coffee that they don't normally like coffee but they reordered this coffee 
How do you like that? Wow, that's that's a that's a big compliment. Yeah, people who don't drink coffee, if they like your coffee, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's such a fascinating thing. I'm like, I don't know who these magical people are who don't really drink coffee. I uh, no, who are they? I I require it uh, all the time. The best thing about being in Italy, one of the weirdest things about about the European love affair with coffee is the sort of ongoing all day, you know uh espresso hits you know they'll just like boom okay let's go and they'll go about their day but it'll be like multiple times a day um and after a while i get this big sort of like can i just get like a a thermos of coffee (laughs) and just drink it like an animal you know because over there they're just kind of like that's not how you do it in fact ordering coffee before food is even weird and that's one of the most amongst the first things i do when i sit down at a restaurant is uh, can I get a coffee? You know, I, I, I'm a fan of like greasy spoon, uh, local cafe, you know, just like cup of coffee, like a truck stop cup of coffee, you know? And, uh, sometimes you'll be like, damn, this is pretty good. Other times you're not surprised that it's not, but, um, but that's sort of the nature of just, I just sort of am caffeinating throughout the day. So, but in places like Europe, it's kind of like, no, you have that after your meal, you know, kind of thing. I'm like, that's cool. So I kind of play the game and, you know, then they always kind of give you that. You want a cafe or Americano, you know, they kind of, and then they bring you a kind of a, an Americano basically is just a cup of coffee, a very small cup of coffee, but it's a cup of coffee. Um, so they don't, you know, they, they don't like really hang with like a big old, you know, bowl of coffee, sure. but, uh, but I do, you know what yeah. I mean? It's just kind of how I operate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. So, yeah. So anyone likes coffee writers and rockers, I definitely recommend that coffee. They should head on the, over there. They're the greatest. We just did one with the Blackbirds, uh, Blackbird Angels yes. to promote the new record. We just did, did one as well. So LA Guns has done, we kind of hooked all our friends up to try and, you know, get, get a brand of some sort through the company because we love them so much. Great company. Well, let's talk about uh, what you're here for, the Blackbird Angels release coming out September 8th, I think it is. It is, yes. Um, it's another one of those fascinating things where I'm sitting in like, you know, this room during lockdown and all that, you know, when people like Tracy come at you and go, I've known Tracy for a long time. We, we jammed a lot together and he's always been very complimentary. A lot of people know me as, you know, as the bass player for Slash's band and a bunch of stuff like that. Um, but I've always been a vocalist, you know, and it was sort of like, it was interesting to have someone like Tracy who is, you know, um, I've always been a great admirer of everything that Tracy's done. So for him to kind of come and, and always be very supportive of my voice was, was like, Hey, do you want to do a, like a seventies rock record? And I was like, uh, I would love to do a seventies rock record. Um, that was his pitch initially was sort of a Led Zeppelin, you know, bad company, that kind of thing. I don't know how close we got to a lot of that. I think there's obviously Zeppelin references and things like that. There's obviously going to be some, uh, some stuff sounds like LA guns, you know, <laughs> some I, I stuff just kind of sounds, avoid that. yeah, that's, it's unavoidable to have these sort of like imprints that we have all sort of cultivated our entire career. But, um, I think it was, you know, it's always good to have like a North star, like we're heading in that direction. We have an idea of what we want to try and do. And predominantly, I think, uh, you know, a lot of the record sort of leans that way, but it definitely kind of weaves in and out a bit too, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's definitely a rock and roll record. I can definitely hear the seventies influence in it. Um, I think uh, the first single you had shut up. I love you is a good representation of that's a good lead off song for a first single. 
Yeah, it. Uh, I think so. I mean, the riff is it's a strong ass riff, and Tracy's another one of those guys who just sort of whatever he's doing right now, probably coming up with an amazing riff. You know, while we're talking, there's some sort of riff he's already coming up with. Um, and I think that that uh, we just put out a newer single, um, coming in hot, and similar thing. It has even more of a Zeppelin vibe on that song, but um, it was uh, it was fun. You know, I mean, honestly, just like him and uh, Tracy and Adam would just come up with music and send it over, and I would just sort of sit here and come up with lyrics and and melodies and 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 uh, roll with it. It was it was the most fun I've had in a long time writing, where it's just sort of. Um, it was just very easy in a way. And I don't mean to say like, you know, it's fun when it's easy because sometimes the challenge of it all can make it, you know, really rewarding, but it was just something very sort of, you know, we would just sort of bounce ideas back and forth and they would just sort of come very, very painlessly and very, um, um, you know, without a great deal of uh, painful effort. So it was, um, it, it came together real fast. Like, you know how it goes. It's like, well, let's try one and see what happens. Well, let's try two and see what happens. The next thing you know, you're 11 songs in and going, I guess we have a record here. Let's put this out, you know, so that's sort of where we landed. So was it not originally going to be a full record? Was it just a couple um, songs or? No, I think we always intended to, to, uh, make it a full album. I just think it was more a case of, um, you know, you kind of always have this sort of contingency plan in the back of your head saying like, well, if it turns out terrible for two, three songs, they were probably just going to walk away, you know, um, or not terrible, but just like not, not, not working or whatever. But I, I was, I was always pretty confident. I, you know, I knew that the music they were sending over was really strong. And it was just a matter of trying to like step up the, the, the lyrics and the melody to make sure there is a strong and kind of go from there. And it, 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 I feel I'm really kind of excited for people to hear it actually. Yeah. Yeah. Was the music complete when you got it, or did you contribute to part of the writing of the music? Uh, the music I really didn't have much to do with. I did okay. with some of the arranging because you know sometimes when you're kind of building vocals around it, you kind of have to um, trim here or or lengthen here or there, and so there was a bit of that, but but not a lot, honestly. Like a lot of it was what what I felt that was the most organic of it was even though we were all because this is lockdown days, we were all sort of um, separate. You know, I mean, we, we, it very much felt like what it would be like if we were just in the room together, knocking ideas around, you know, and sort of like, you know, coming up with arrangements and that kind of stuff. So to me, it was actually, um, it felt like one of the most organic things I've done in a long time that way. It just kind of came together, you know, magically. Mm -hmm. Now you had mentioned that you know some of the writing was easy as far as the vocals and stuff. What does writing music come easy to you most of the time or no? Um it's it's funny because you know I've gone through some you know periods in my life where writing became kind of like put on a shelf in a way, you know what I mean? Like that's what's been the most exciting thing about the past um few years is with Took and Heroes and Monsters and Blackbird Angels. Um, it's sort of really kind of awoken me that sort of feeling of, um, uh, you know, that the excitement of writing songs. It's, it's a weird time because, you know, heroes like Kiss and Aerosmith haven't written songs in 10 years. Mm. I don't even know. You know I mean, I, I'm okay. assuming they, they probably still write songs in their own, in their own time or whatever the individuals, but the idea of releasing music has become more and more of a confusing ordeal for a lot of people where, um, bands like that can go out and just play the hits and that's what, you know, everybody wants to see anyway. Um, 
but in a way to me i think sometimes that can be infectious that kind of that kind of thinking makes you kind of go like what is the point of making music no one's buying our music anymore it's sort of a weird time and and then when something like this comes up you know i just kind of felt like i love doing this you know i love making music i love having something out there and i think that if if um if i could just keep doing this until you know, I don't know, someone taps you on the shoulder and says, you're done, <laughs> yeah. you know, which I don't think ever really happens. Um, then I think I can just keep, you know, creating and, and making music. Um, I'm always creative and I'm always writing. And when you, to answer your question, is it easy? Um, sometimes, yes. Sometimes it's, it's surprisingly like, why don't we do this all the time? We could, we could have like 10 albums, you know, in, in three months, you know, and then other, other times, and it depends on who you're working with and, and, and the different um, ways that they work and the different ways um, um, with stuff like Blackbird Angels, it was sort of more like having Tracy trust me enough to kind of go like, just do what you're going to do. If something's really off. I mean, we really only had one, discussions on like one uh, on and on. Uh, the song was kind of like a bluesy thing. And we really wanted to kind of really capture a vibe to it. So that was more of a discussion. Everything else was kind of like, you know, you know, he was just happy with what I was doing. And I mean, I, I think that there's a, you know, a, an inevitable feeling of like, well, this is a blast because whatever I'm doing seems to be working, you know, and whatever they're doing is working for me. So um, that said, anybody who has been doing this as long as I have, I have been caught in the, you know, the record label hamster wheel many, many times where you're like, uh, you know, go write some songs and you just stand there and, and, and in this act of continually writing songs and you write, you write five songs, they go, these two are good, go write some more. And then you, you find it can really suck the life out of the fun of writing music and the, and the fun of creating, you know, that I think that the Bob Dylans of the world would not understand the very subject I just brought up. They would be like, what, you know, I have to go and someone's going to tell me when and what and how to do this. Um, but I think at the same time, it, it's, it's, um, it's an interesting exercise to be able to kind of put yourself in a position, whether you go to Nashville and sit with some people and, and, and come up with some ideas, or if you just sit in your room and come up with the whole thing yourself, you know, it's, I, I really feel like objectively now at this point in my life, I kind of have this feeling of like, it's almost sort of like, it doesn't matter where the songs come from. I was just watching an Elvis special and I was watching him sing, you know, if I can dream, you know, that song was presented to him, you know what I mean? But it wouldn't have been anything if Elvis didn't sing it, you know? So right. you, so you kinda, right. And you can't help but go like, you know, because there was a, 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 a snotty or younger version of myself that would be like, that doesn't count. Elvis didn't write that song. But then you have to take a, you objectively take a step back and go, um, for a number of different artists um, who aren't, aren't necessarily writers, um, they have something that, you know, the Frank Sinatra's of the world, that's, that 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 that's something that uh intangible quality you know um but that said i mean you know whether someone brought to me the greatest song in the world or whether uh i will say that the more satisfying aspect is being a part of the creativity and the part of uh you know being a part of uh seeing a song through is 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 the most satisfying thing to me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well the album sounds great i've listened to it over and over um you know there's some great songs on there i like uh unbroken i like that oh one. cool i like yeah, yeah. Uh, the last song 
was a really good one. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I was just saying the other day I had on a long list of things to do, especially when it comes to making a record like this, it's sort of like there's a workload that comes with it. And especially when those guys are coming at at you hot and heavy with music, um, cause by the time they come to me, it's kind of like, they've got some stuff kind of already cooking. So, you know, I'm kind of like playing catch up most of the time. And there was, you know, all these ideas I had, uh, I was just sort of trying to get my thoughts together and then just written on paper. It just said the last song. Cause I kind of, <laughs> I knew that was going to be the last one I would work on. Um, so, but you know, just in my sort of objective kind of perspective looking at that and seeing the last song it just became the title of the song and it became about the interesting you know as a person who plays music and lives music the way i do um, it was always weird to me to understand um that people weren't as obsessed with music as i was that they didn't know that um you know that's the name of the guitar player that's the name of the drummer and, and he used to be in this band and he was in that you know and all that stuff that that guys like me nerd out to, you know, we know every little aspect of every, every band that we've ever loved. Um, that I realized that to some people, it's just music to listen to on the drive home from work. <laughs> and I go, wow, okay, that's interesting. And that's why I find I have, I have friends that, you know, who can, you know, they can listen to hip hop, they can listen to rock and roll, they can listen to country. And, and, and I go, it's so interesting that people can have this diverse, uh, interests, you know, on a, but I think that it's more like to them that I like this song for whatever reason. I like what this one's saying. I like the hook and this. I like whatever. Um, where usually you kind of find yourself kind of falling into a genre of music that you enjoy. And, and then you just sort of follow that. But it just was an interesting concept. The last song. like what what And in, in the song, of course, it says, what's the last song you'll ever hear? What's the last song you'll ever sing? You know, it's, it's an interesting concept. People, a friend of mine was telling me that, you know, that they played music. My daughter was born to this song, and I was like, "Oh, interesting! I never really thought about that." My kids were born to hospital silence, you know, it's like <laughs> insanity, you know. And um, and I thought, well, and then people do play music when someone's checking out, and I go, "Wow, it's such a bizarre trip because music is such a binding thing." I mean, in 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 every culture, music is important, you know. And I think that. Um, you know, the idea of the last song, even though it's not the last song in the record, and it really should be, but it just didn't, if we felt like the flow of it kind of worked better the way it went, but I felt like it should be the last song in the record. And I think because it was such a strong song, it, it sort of felt like we didn't want to get, get it lost at the end of the album. But uh, and that's the fun thing about working on a lot of these things is, you know, conceptually coming up with ideas to write songs, you, you, you find yourself, you know, shut up, you know, I love you is, is sort of the concept of, of the ability to um how people can really you know pull the wool over your eyes <clears throat> you know and my intention was a, a song about you know being very suspicious of someone's behavior yet they can shut you down with a shut up you know i love you you know sort of like you know and it's almost sort of thrown out there like as if those three most important words in the world are just kind of like you're being an idiot you know i love you it's you know and um and i suppose it's up to the listener to decide if if in fact anybody is being deceived or in or maybe the person is just being paranoid i don't know i think it's a a concept we've all dealt with and a concept we've all been you know even guilty of where someone doesn't really know where you're at uh relate you know uh 
where you're at as far as what your level of interest in the relationship is. So uh, right. I just thought it was an interesting concept because it's also like like the most important thing you can say to somebody and also the most rude thing you could say to somebody jammed into one sentence. It just seemed like <laughs> yeah. a terrible yeah. thing and a wonderful thing to say at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and you did a video for that recently. Yes. Um, yeah. That It looks like you guys had a blast on that. Was that super fun? It was. We had Tracy's, um, I forget what that car is, this old 70s, you know, kooky looking, not a muscle car, almost like the Griswolds kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, station wagon-y kind of thing. But it was really cool. We just decided to be <laughs> in the car. And then we did, uh, you know, some performance footage as well. So on the recording, although Johnny Martin, who is the bass player for um, LA Guns, LA Guns mm -hmm. is not on the recording, we were kind of like, well, we wanted to augment it. I didn't play any any music on the on the record. So I was sort of like, well, I'll probably just be the singer in the video then because I, I just feel like I didn't play anything. So we got him and then Sam from... Uh, dorothy and sam does a uh, he tours with uh, faster pussycat and a bunch of stuff like that so sam's very young he's a he's an amazing talent and a, a real future coming from him um so it was just kind of augmenting the lineup into this thing that if we ever get a chance to take this thing on stage it'll be these guys you know and that's something we're still kind of uh dancing around and hopefully entertaining the idea of trying to do something with it someday we'll see yeah, I was going to ask if you were going to what you were going to do to support the record, because um, touring, it's so hard to tour these days, as I'm sure you know, and expensive. Um, it, it's got to be even harder for a project like Blackbird Angels to really get that uh, the want for it. I would say, yeah, I mean, people want to see it, but I mean, I, it for you know people that are going to pay you to come, is it worth it? I, you know what I'm saying? Well, it's it's uh, you're 100 correct because the idea of well, anybody can tour. It's more mm -hmm. a question of what your, you know, comfort level is with said tour. We're going to go off in my 1975 Impala and drive from town to town and play, you know, 300 seat clubs it would be awesome. There's a part of me that still misses all of that. You know, the whole idea of it. Where are we going to sleep tonight? You know, <laughs> yeah, that, you yeah, know that right. whole thing. But then you get to a certain point where you've been doing this your whole life and you know, when we tour, it's, you know, there's a certain degree of comfort you become accustomed to. And although, you know, I'm thinking about my like 15 year old self hearing this conversation and going like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> you know, it's like, just take your guitar and shut up and go play some music. Um, but it, but it, it, like you said, it's like, it's financially really hard. Um, you've got something like LA guns, which is an up and running machine for the past 40 years. Um, so guys like, um tracy it's like you know the it's there's a schedule in place for for something like that and it keeps him uh you know it, it's basically his whole career is based around that so and then i have all the stuff that i do um but with that comes the idea of um you know i really do believe there's there's a number of ways to do this and and if the hardest part for us frankly is just trying to find holes in schedules that say what are you doing for these three days that i'm available what are you doing for these three days you know it's sort of like um so it becomes a bigger question of like uh you know and also just trying to find the right thing as opposed to just like let's just go do it just to do it and then have it be like a drag or 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 really hard or or really whatever it's sort of more like you know what, let's just, 
let's just kind of, even if it means we, you know, we wait a while or even are into further recordings before we even do anything live. I, um, I'm not opposed to just waiting for the right thing. I think it's funny because last night I did a, a reunion show with my old band here in Las Vegas. We used to have a band called the Sin City Sinners. That was like this beloved band here in Las Vegas. I all, against all odds, for some reason, they let this thing play in casino showrooms and upstanding, you know, where things of proper showroom kind of uh, show band kind of things would play. And and we were sort of in this early sort of wave of like rock and roll, um, just straight up rock and roll bands doing, well, everything from ACDC to Motorhead to a lot of punk rock and a bunch of stuff in between. And they were like, we were drawing, we were making some noise and people were, well, let's put that in there. And I remember being like, you want to put this in there? <laughs> it's like, are you crazy? Um, but my point was that, you know, even last night, the drummer looked at me, he goes, he goes, I never thought we'd ever do this again. And I go, dude, bands never break up. Bands never stop. I mean, there's nothing really, you know, it's, it's been really bizarre in this moment that I'm sitting in right now talking to you because during COVID, I did a number of different projects. I did a, a number of, of, you know, at, a, at in a moment where people were like, not sure if we were ever going to be able to tour again. We were never, are we going to be able to do all of this is different. Like we're not going right. to be able to, the whole scene is, is totally different. And I was like, well, I can still write and record. I, I like doing that. So when people came to me and said, you know, or, or I sort of orchestrated my own things, it was just like, well, let's just write music and, and just put it out there. And then like, you know, we can figure out where we're at. I mean, from this this vantage point now, seeing it be basically back to normal is sort of like, oh, okay, well, it is what it is. But uh, it, I have no regrets. In retrospect, it was such a great thing being able to create all this, all this music and and see it happen. But um, with that comes, you know, priorities that you know me and Slash and the guys are talking about doing a run next year. So these things take precedence because of a number of different reasons. And then, um, but it doesn't mean that Tracy and I, you know, won't be knocking ideas around by, you know, February, you know, or, or whatever. And maybe there'll be another record kind of coming out. And by then maybe, maybe who knows what kind of interest it would, it would uh, shake up. It's been funny because a lot of European interest has been coming at us and a UK and all that kind of stuff. And I think, like I said, there's a lot of things you can do with something like that. It's just more a case of, um, scheduling and a case of a case of comfort level you know i mean sure, it, to me it, of course i love playing music it's 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 my whole world like i i played last night i'm playing friday and saturday this week and um being on stage is what i'm most comfortable with even more so than studios or or in writing rooms i just love playing live so mm -hmm. um uh no one can threaten me uh with a good time as far as like, do you want to go play some shows? I'd be like, if we can make it work and we can make it, you know, worth our while, hell yeah, let's go do it. Yeah. Does it ever, you do so much stuff. Does it ever get too much for you? Do you ever have to step um, back and just say, you know what, I'm getting in a little too deep here. It, it It's funny because objectively there are times where that kind of, that sort of like mildly overwhelmed feeling will happen. Um, but it's usually my own expectations and the expectations of others, which are sort of unrealistic that, that sort of send me, um, 
send me there is that feeling of like, I never want to do anything half-assed. I never want to try and, you know, wedge in like that third or fourth project and just kind of phone that one in. It's like, that's never, that's not my style at all. It's like, I'm trying to give a hundred percent of myself to every single thing I do. So it's more compartmentalizing like, okay, this is about Blackbird Angels. This is about Heroes and Monsters. This is about Slash and the guys, you know, and that sort of, uh, when that happens, and each of my roles is so different in all of those conversations, you know, with Slash and, and Miles and the guys, it's like the creative hat is a totally different hat. You know, it's like Miles and Slash sort of drive that ship. I throw in my two cents and I have a big part of it. But um, as far as the create creative aspect goes, I'm not as involved as Blackbird Angels or any of the other projects that I do. So with that comes the idea, well, thank God I have these other things because I really get to scratch these itches that um the creativity does but um i'm not gonna lie there are times where it it gets you know kind of a lot but you know I, i'm playing this weekend and i'm staring at a week off where i'm kind of like wow i don't think i've had a week off like you know six days in a row of nothing to do You're my wife and i i know my wife and i uh, have been uh fostering cats and kittens and that's become a big part of our lives um oh, man yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's, it's again, another one of those really rewarding things that, that, um, has sort of fallen into my life. And, uh, there's never anything, you know, uh, a lack of things to do and a lack of things to get caught up on while I was, you know, caught up in multiple projects. So mm. it'll be fun to kind of have six days of like, okay, well, let's either just spend it on the couch, which is always <laughs> more than acceptable as well. When you've worked as hard as you have, it's kind of like, sometimes it's good to just kind of spend a day chilling and then, and then dig into whatever the next, uh, whatever the next adventure is really. Yeah. 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 So your main gig is slash and, uh, right. That's yeah. I mean, it's, it's become, I mean, we've been doing it, you know, we're going to go out next year and in March, that'll be 14 years of doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which something I started off thinking like was going to be three months of flyouts. You know, I thought it was just going to be like, yeah, we're just going to support this slash record and then we'll all go back to our lives. And then, you know, it just sort of spun into a whole lot of activity in 2016 when the, uh, the guns and roses reunion happened. It, it definitely shifted a lot of the activity. Uh, Miles has always been a, a very, you know, busy uh, part of Alter Bridge, he even spun into a solo career, and with that, you know, sort of creates this, um, uh, you know, the the, you know, because it's funny because people say that they've been asking me whether it's Blackbird Angels or Heroes of Monsters. They go, "Is this a project or a band?" Mm -hmm. And I would get, I would giggle because people would say the exact same thing to us about Slash featuring Moss Kennedy and the Conspirators. Is this a band or is this a project? And I go, "It is what it is." I mean, isn't everything a band and isn't everything a project? I mean. You know, it's kind of like uh, it's ever since Guns got back together, it's become a little bit more challenging to find our footing. But we've all, you know, it's all about priorities. And I think that, you know, we have always been very um, committed to the idea of continuing to make music and to be able to support that music in one fashion or another. Slash is tireless. You know what I mean? Like, I've never known a person like that who is just kind of always wants to be working and always wants to be doing stuff. And a lot of that has rubbed off in me in a way that I don't think I was, I think I was the same way, but it was a lot less refined. I think it was a lot more, um, 
just wild. Like I'm just going to do stuff, you know, Yeah. where, where he kind of has like more of a plan. And I think that when guns kind of came into his life again, it sort of, sort of created a, a sort of organization that he had to kind of, to implement, to make it all kind of, uh, make sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you, so you play bass with Slash. So when you do something like Heroes of Monsters or Blackbird Angels, um, do you get excited when you're going to get to be that guy, the singer, the front man? Is that exciting? Yeah. Yeah. It, it does definitely create a new challenge. I mean, there is, I was just talking to somebody last night. This friend of mine goes, Did you do 10 shows in 11 days on that one uh, run of Heroes and Monsters shows? And I go, I did. You know, I mean, as a vocalist, you know, and I know working with Miles and guys like that, they only want to work three days, mm-hmm. take a day off kind of thing. And I, I guess I'm just sort of one of those road animals that's just sort of like you just go out and you you hit it as hard as you can. Days off cost money. Let's let's just let's just go out and pound it. And uh, it's a challenge. I mean, w- you know, it's like it's one thing to go out and just play bass and sing all the backups. You're not worrying about getting a cold or worrying about any of that kind of stuff because I can sort of power through all of it. When you're the singer, all of that stuff becomes like a lot of guys live like monks on the road. I don't. I generally sort of like live my life. But um, um, but I, I'm pretty fortunate that way. I've been doing this a long time. I call myself a street fighter, although I'm not a fighter at all. But it's sort of, <laughs> you know... <laughs> It's sort of like everything I learn, I just learn from from the road. I learn from just doing it and doing it and doing it. I don't have any training in really any aspect of what I do. and But I, I know I'm knowledgeable enough that I can sort of talk about relative minors and whatever if, if we have to or what the major third of that, that harmony is going to be and all that kind of stuff. Um, but there's something about just I, I've sort of – I got up and I started running, you know what I mean? And never had the opportunity for people to go, whoa, 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 slow down. You got to go back to crawling now because you have to learn how to do this all over again. It was like, it's too late for me. I'm, I'm, I'm running at full tilt. I, I, I don't have time to stop and, and sort of think about what I'm doing. Um, which is a mistake a lot of us vocalists make as you get out there and scream and shout and yell and then realize you can't do that night after night after night without doing some damage. But um guys like me it's sort of um i think it's just sort of uh i i've never really wanted to be Pavarotti. i i always looked at guys like bon scott and thought that you could tell bon scott smoked a cigarette and had a couple drinks and went on and sang you know what I mean? and that's yeah. just the way he sings it's not it's not really an admirable thing about like uh because a lot of people kill themselves blowing their voices out trying to sing like those guys but the reality is, is that's just the way Bond sounded. Bond just sounded like that, you know. And um, and I have these qualities as well, where it's just sort of, it's just how I sing, you know. I think that I I sort of have this um, cigarettes and whiskey voice that, without cigarettes and whiskey, which is, I'm missing all the fun stuff, I guess. <laughs> no, but it sounds great, man. I I mean, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't aware of how good your voice is until i really was started listening oh well thank you yeah it's it's funny because there's so many people who know me at different points in my life so people will be like it's so weird to see you just kind of like standing in the back with slash and the guys because they know me as a vocalist or other times people will be like it's weird seeing you front the band because you've always been sort of and i and i, I think that's kind of part of the charm of of what i enjoy about it is that 
it sort of makes people uncomfortable in a way like they're no, 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 no. You do what you do. I, I, it weirds me out when you're doing something different than what I'm accustomed to seeing you do. And it's kind of like, well, that's on you. That's not on me. It's like, you know, if I decided tomorrow I want to go, I don't know, become a BMX bike rider. It's like, you can't tell me I can't because, you know, uh, because you, no, 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 you're a musician. You should do that. It's kind of like, uh, I think life is supposed to be kind of like these different things get thrown at you and, and you decide to take them on or, or you don't, you know, or, or you take them on and realize that wasn't for me, or I don't really, maybe that's just not natural for me. And, and I think that that's part of the fun of it, you know, and I feel like, you know, I've done a lot of stuff in my life, um, acting and a bunch of stuff that came at me that I, I kind of was like, yeah, it's not really for me. I, I enjoyed it for what it was, but it wasn't for me. And then, you know, I still feel like there's still a lot of things that could happen between now and end of the line. You know, I mean, it's sort of like at any point you can be, you know, hit with a new adventure and a new challenge. And I think that's important to, uh, to, to engage in some of that stuff. I think, you know, being a, what they call that sort of yes man type thing, like trying to say yes to more of these challenges. Um, I sort of leaned into that, you know, in the past sort of 15 years of my life, probably I just sort of went like, yeah, okay, let's try that. You know, if I can make it work, Mm -hmm. going back to the thing you were talking about before, if it ends up being like, dude, my plate is full, you know, and then it's sort of like, we can, we can, you know, have this conversation again in a few months when things are slowed down. But um, you have to be aware of your own limitations because um, I've made the mistake in my life of being like, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. And then eventually you just kind of burn yourself out. You know, you got to be careful with that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm assuming you played bass on Blackbird Angels record, right? I did not. That's did uh, not. I, I did not. That's why I didn't play bass in the video. I was sort of like, um, it was. You said that. I want to. I want to. I want to say that I think Adam might have played bass. I think Adam and Tracy might have played bass on different things. So it was presented to me as, it was presented to me as finished music. So I was like, okay. Um, whereas something with something like Heroes and Monsters, it was always I was going to play bass on that. Um, there was another project I did called Minefield with some guys from Ace Frehley's band, which was a totally fun like um, lockdown project that we did. And it was one of those conversations like, who's playing bass on this? Like, oh, well, we're not sure yet. And I go, well, then I'll play bass on it. You know, it's like, it was just sort of started as kind of like a complete studio fun thing to do. Um, so I love playing guitar and I love playing bass and I love being able to kind of do these other things um, when I can. Um, but you know, again, the Blackbird Angels was presented to me as like, can you sing and write lyrics yeah. to this? Sure. Okay. You know, and uh, so not having not having played um bass or guitar on the record which is just sort of like okay well it's a new a new uh version of things yeah yeah well i was going to ask you about um bass playing because i had this conversation with somebody before um i'm a bass player as you i see that see. yeah what are those what are those guys up there, those are the these two are specters and that's an ibis right. back there and the acoustic's a fender I used a Spectre on the last um, Heroes and Monsters tour, and it was epic. I loved it mm. to death. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love my Spectres. Yeah, but, they're great. But what I was going to ask you is, I was having this conversation about bass playing, and for me, I'll usually put down a scratch bass track to send it off, and then when the vocals get on there, I redo my bass, because the uh, bass kind of weaves around. Sure, yeah, yeah. A bit. You know, it rocks on with the drums and weaves around the vocals and the person i was talking to 
does the exact same thing. So I was curious of how you approach your bass playing. That varies from song to song and project to project, but it's a similar idea. I think like jamming with Slash and the guys, it always starts the same in that world. We It's Slash, myself, and Brent Fitz, the drummer. We start as a three-piece, a power trio, and we're just sort of like rudimentally chipping away at some riffs, trying to get some arrangements together. Um, I will come up with a lot of things as we're going along. That process honestly goes on for so long that eventually you're sort of very um, comfortable with what you're playing. And then you bring up a good point because then suddenly we haven't heard any vocal ideas at all. We're just sort of sitting in a room jamming. And then Miles will come up with an idea and that sort of redirects the ship in a way. Like you go, oh, oh, okay, okay, I, I know where we're going with this now. So sometimes you can write music that is completely like without, with, when you're just coming up with music without vocals, which has happened where people will write a piece of music, which is essentially what the Full Sword record is for Black Bird Angels, was just presented to me as like, here's this, you know, and then I just sort of wrote vocals to it. Um, but I mean, it's also not rocket science. I mean, I really, I really try not to, it, it becomes dangerous of overbaking certain ideas and things like that, where it's kind of like, sometimes if it's not broken, there's really no need to fix it. I think it's like, if there's a good groove and, and everything is, is happening. Cause as a bass player, I find my, the most interesting thing about it is you're playing with the drummer because you guys are the rhythm section, but you're also very much playing with the guitar players because of the notes you're playing or the notes you're choosing not to play or the different version of the note you're going to play. I'm going to play a third on that route that you're playing or whatever it is. So you're really kind of in this weird position where you're kind of playing with everybody. And then, like you said, when the vocalist comes in and as a vocalist myself, a lot of it is dictated by, by that where you're just sort of, third eye is continually focusing on what the melody is doing, what the vocal's doing, that kind of thing. Um, but you bring up an interesting point because there's so many different ways to do this um, and to come up with parts and to come up with different lines that um, they all sort of present themselves in different ways. Um, but uh, like, like you say, I think sometimes it's really interesting to see how much it can change when you're presented with an actual vocal line, you go, oh, okay, well, that's the song now. Now we have a song. We don't have a riff, you know, mm -hmm. and and that can change everything, yeah. Sure. All right, so your album comes out again, Blackbird Angels, uh, Soul Sort. That's what we're calling it, Soul Sort, because that's what it's called, I guess. <laughs> I, unless it's Soul Sorte, uh, but I, I'm pretty sure it's Soul Sort, yeah. Well, that E got, got me on the end. I know, yeah. It's, it's I don't know if it's a silent E. Yeah. We'll have Same. to look that up. So that comes out September 8th. Um, yes and p you can get it on cd i saw right is it only available yeah. on cd it'll be on yeah it'll be on cd and then obviously uh it'll be streaming but yeah, yeah we don't have we haven't talked talked about a vinyl a pressing of it yet but that's often a fun conversation to have i think yeah i you know most of the things i've released over the past 20 years have, have also had a a vinyl release yeah. as well except yeah. heroes and monsters we didn't do a vinyl release we just decided to uh focus on compact disc mm -hmm. compact disc <laughs> most 90s thing i could have said that's 
Um, but you're also, I want to mention, uh, it's Creature Fest coming up, right? Yeah. In October. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, um, yeah. For cancer. Yes. It's going to be held in Sarasota, Florida, and you're going to perform. That's where my stomping grounds, Sarasota, Florida, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so you're going to be performing the Lick It Up album, I understand, right? I'm performing the Lick It Up album and Kiss Alive 3 in its entirety. Right. So it's like, um, it's a fascinating thing because Bruce Kulick has always been a friend of mine. The first time I ever saw Kiss when I was, well, I was 14, something like that, was with Bruce, you know? So it was like, it's such a funny, like, you know, roundabout boomerang of a thing to go. Now I play in a, in a, in a fun band with, with Bruce from Kiss. So Bruce and Brent Fitz and myself started to do, uh, you know, the Bruce era, non-makeup era Kiss shows, um, especially on the Kiss Cruise. That became a big part of our life. And, um, and then we brought in Zach Throne from Corey Taylor's band now. And, and uh, so, yeah, we, we just kind of started doing all that era of music. So this, this has come up now. Bruce is going to be there. Ace Fraley is going to be there. And we're going to do, on one night I'm doing Lick It Up. And on the second night I'm doing Lick It Up, the album in its entirety. And the second night we're doing uh, Kiss Alive 3 with Bruce Kulick and the guys. So that'll be fun. Yeah, it sounds like it'll be a blast. Why did you choose Lick It Up? It was just thrown at me. You know, they just sort of said, what do you think about doing? I'm always up for the challenge of these things. Like, you know, kind of like, oh. The funny thing about it is that like, with Bruce, I've done so much of that, you know, lick it up, obviously, um, all hell's breaking loose. We did exciter one night. Um, there's some weird stuff on that record, not for the innocence. So great. Um, that had a pretty big impact on me as a kid. I remember distinctly walking into the, into the record shop and seeing lick it up in vinyl in like amongst the front racks. And the first time I'd ever seen kiss without makeup was right, right then. I was like, whoa i remember that and i bought it right there and then the white album with the four guys um so that was before i had ever seen the lick it up video um we never had mtv uh, access to it i think it probably eventually saw it on like you know friday night videos or one of those things that those tv shows that we used to have back then um i remember the next day at school somebody going man, Ace Fraley doesn't look anything like what I thought he'd look like. I go, that's not Ace Fraley, that's Vinnie Vincent. I, I was one of those guys that had been following the band all the way through and other people kind of like, because that Lick It Up thing sort of gave them a whole new boost mm-hmm. so that fan or that people were like, oh, well, Kiss looks weird without makeup, you know, or whatever. And I was like, oh, I'm I'm well invested. I'm I'm already well aware of what's going on, you know. Yeah, awesome. Well, that is in October, right? October 16, uh, 15, uh, maybe October 14, 15, 16, somewhere in that whole weekend, I think we're doing the whole thing. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, that sounds like it. All right, man. Well, Todd, listen, I appreciate you taking the time today to sit down and chat with me on my show. Well, 100% my pleasure. Uh, we'll do it again sometime, hopefully. Yes, sir.